Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Um, I'm Jackie. I'm My designated title here is Missions Pastor. It covers a lot of things. <laughs> um, but I love the couple of times a year when I get the privilege to speak. And this is really echoey. Um, so, I have been a Christian for almost 40 years. And I didn't become a Christian till I was 21, so do the math. Um, yes, I turned six, six, quite a few of you know I turned 60 this last year, so I've been a Christian for almost 40 years. It seems to have gone in a blink of an eye. Just the same as I'm sitting here looking at Christy with my beautiful granddaughter, Ellie, and that's gone in the blink of an eye. I can remember when I was in church holding her. And, yeah, life has gone really quickly. But I became a Christian when I was 21, and um, I became a Christian at a 21st birthday party, talking to a guy that was the son of an Anglican minister who who was towards the end of university, had spent all of his university days trying other stuff and at the end of it said, no, God's the right thing and had rededicated his life and he was quite on fire for his faith. So he was sharing with me at this party and I was talking to him because everybody else at the party I knew and they were all boring as far as I was concerned and so I was, t I was always looking for new people because I was really dissatisfied with my life. Anyway, I talked to Phil... Somewhere during the night, it was literally like somebody switched on the light in a dark room. It was, very, it was a really profound experience of just going, I wanted there to be God, now I know there is God. I'm 100% sure that there's God. And it was like the light being switched on. It was an all-weekend party. We were up at Kempsey and Southwest Rocks, if you've ever been up there, beautiful part of the world. Um, we were down on the beach at Southwest Rocks the next night, um, and I went for a walk, and it was one of those beautiful, idyllic nights with a full moon on the water, you know, those paintings and photos that always have that ripple effect. It was one of those nights, thank you, God, because it was a beautiful night. But I went for a walk, and I said, God, now I know you're there. I've tried a lot of other things. You've got me 100%. And um, I'm not 100% sure exactly what I knew about Jesus at that point, I know Phil, had I'm pretty sure he had shared all of that, but I, uh, it was just that thing of, you've got me, God. And I am forever grateful that I made that decision. Never regretted it, ever. Not at all. And I've journeyed with God, as many of you know. I've basically been in full-time ministry most of my life in one form or another. And... Um, Got to travel all over the world, talking to people about Jesus, helping them to live their lives, discipling people. It's been an amazing life. And I thought today I would share with you some keys to how I've stayed on track and doing all of that. And interestingly, they're the same priorities we have as a church because the Christian life is not rocket science. There are just some really basic things we need to do to live a faithful life. So, what are keys to living a faithful life? 
Well, they're the priorities that we, you'll often hear us talking about from the platform and in all kinds of spaces because they're, they are literally the keys to living a faithful life. There are five things that we prioritise here. Foundations, personal time with Jesus, committed to a church, this church in this case, small, being a part of a small group and serving in some way to make a difference to other people's lives. They're the five things, and I'm here to say that doing those five things has meant that I've been able to stay on track with God and being able to live a faithful life, but a faithful life that's enabled me to do all kinds of amazing things because following Jesus is not boring. <laughs> doing life Jesus' way is not boring. It's not restrictive, it's not horrible, it's not easy. But it's a rewarding life if you want to live a faithful life. So I was really blessed that Philip, who led me to the Lord, was part of a church who had a basic Bible study series that they took all of their first-time believers through. I didn't end up going to Phil's church because his church was a long way away from where I was, but I did meet with him and do this six-week course of basic stuff about who is God, who is whatever. And at the end of it, he said, do you want to become a Christian? And I was like, as far as I'm concerned, I became a Christian on the beach at Southwest Rocks. But I knew, knew he put in all the basics of, the, of what I needed to know, basically from a theology point of view. It was really good because then once you have that in place, when you read the Bible, you understand a whole lot of other things. So that was really key. I, um, because Phillips Church was too far away, I was like, well, what, what church do I know in my local area? My best friend from school had become a Christian before, so I'm sure her prayers, and, but she never talked to me about the faith. She told me I could. She had said, I've become a Christian. If you ever want to know about it, ask me. So, okay, I never asked her. But... Um, and by the time I became a Christian, she didn't live in the area anymore. She'd moved away and we had, I saw her a fair bit, but we were um, kind of out of touch by that stage. But I knew her church because I'd been to her wedding at her church. So I turned up at that church one Sunday and was like, here I am. And it was a lovely Baptist church. And it was Narrowena Baptist Church. And by that stage, I was reading my Bible and I was like, reading all the time, repent, believe, be baptised. So I went to the pastor and said, look, I keep reading this in the Bible. I think I need to be baptised. He said, yes, you do. But anyway, I did that. There's so many other things. But then I joined. They had a really lovely, good young adult Bible study group. And again, when I went, they were just beginning a foundational Bible series. Again, it was a foundational series that took about... Um, well, I was only in that church for not even six months, so it must have been three or four months that we did this foundational Bible study series. Between what Philip did and what they did, it set me up for a huge um, leap into being able to follow Jesus. And that's why we emphasise foundations. If you don't know what our foundations course is, we have it in a book, booklet form and we have it at, we are now getting the online version. We've been talking about that. 
You can do it yourself. You can, if you've never done it before, do it for the first time doing it with somebody else. But we really encourage people to both do foundations and to take somebody through foundations. There are a number of people in our church who've become committed Christians through doing our foundation Bible study with somebody. Hugely important. And I just want to say that beautiful church that took me through that and uh, loved me through, because I had a fair bit of rough edges at that point in time, they loved me despite my rough edges, did stuff. They didn't get the benefit of doing that. I moved down to Wollongong, actually, but I moved after having done all of that, and they gave me this beautiful leap frog into a great Christian life, but they didn't get the benefit of it. And that's okay. That's one thing that we need to remember is that God asks us to do stuff, not to get the benefit of it, but because he asks us to do it and because it's what's important to do. So we've, I'm sure we've taken people through foundations who've ended up in another church. That's okay as long as they're in the kingdom. So foundations was key for me, having a leapfrog into a faithful life. And so that's one of the things we emphasise, and I really encourage you to do the foundations course. But best still, do it with somebody else. Take somebody else through foundations. We have a lot of young people. Christy's trying to get so many of our young people through foundations. She could use help taking people through, young people through foundations. Um, yeah, see, see her, see me if you're like, I would like to take somebody through foundations and do it yourself for the first time while you're doing that. Because if you're a mature Christian, there's nothing in there that's going to surprise you. Okay, let's move on. I'm not going to spend a long time on the next... So we did foundations. I'll, I love this because to me this says it all. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to... Oh, sorry. Yes, I can see it. You can't. Okay. I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. That's the importance of that solid foundation. And it begins. And unfortunately, sometimes you don't realise that a person's foundation is not right until the storm comes. And then they get washed away because their house is not built on that firm foundation of saved by grace and all the other, and an understanding of who God is, who sin is. And all of that is hugely important and of the need for a whole lot of the basics in our life, like reading the Bible and prayer. If we don't have that firm foundation, the storm will wash us away. And that's what you're doing for somebody else when you take them through foundations, is you're giving them that bedrock that's going to end up holding them through the storm because we, the storms are inevitable. They're not a maybe if, they're a definite. I'm looking at everybody in this room and I can't see anybody who hasn't experienced a significant storm in their life or isn't presently in the middle of one. So the foundation is critical. The next one is personal time with Jesus. I'm not going to spend a long time on this because it's kind of a given. You have to spend time with Jesus in order to have a relationship with God. It's critical. Um, I just want to say one thing that has come to mind. We're doing these wonderful version apps. 
really encourage you, if you're not doing the version apps, they've been really, really good. And doing them with some, with, in groups with other people has also been really good. Please, if you, you don't know how to get connected on it, please talk to Andrew. Even I can connect you on it. It's not that hard. So I encourage you to do the version series with us. But don't get hung up on it. So when I first became a Christian, I used to get, and I was doing um, Bible reading plans, I used to get so guilt-ridden when I missed a day or I couldn't do it. And then I'd spend time trying to catch up. And then the, often I'd just give up on whatever it was because I'm like, I'm so far behind now, I'll just stop. And it was actually my uh, husband, Craig, who challenged me and said, who cares if you miss a day, just keep going. And um, I, he, he really challenged me, like, what, why are you so hung up on about having to do every day? He said, God doesn't care. Yes, he wants to hear from you every day, but if you miss a day, he's not going to get a big stick out and whack you. <laughs> Just do the next day. And so I took three years to do the read the Bible in one year plan. But I read the Bible, right? <laughs> I read the Bible all the way through and I wouldn't have done it if I'd got hung up on the, I'm not doing it every day. So that's just one thing I've got. Don't get hung up if you miss a day of the version app. And if you can catch up, that's nice. But if you don't, do some of it because some is better than nothing. That's, that's my one challenge for you on the personal time. That, along with so many verses I could have picked, but I love this one. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And another key, I think, to the Christian life generally is being thankful. First prayers I ever taught my kids were thankful prayers. I never, I never got them to say, bless mummy, bless daddy, bless... I said, no, it was always, thank you, God, for mummy, or thank you, God, that I've got friends. It was always, thank you, thank you, because um, it just reminds you of what you actually have rather than always trying to be thinking of, God, I want, I want, I want. Rather, it's like, oh, God, you've already given. Look what you've given me already. So thankfulness is a key, huge key to a faithful life. So the next two, being committed to a church, in this case to LifeGate Church, and being committed to a small group are hugely key. So, I don't think I ever, I had very few times in my life, I've moved a lot, and I've had very, very few times where I didn't know what church I was going to before I moved. So, the, very, the only time that I really remember when I didn't have was in that very first move as a new Christian to Wollongong. I didn't have any idea. And... I, the enemy almost totally derailed me in the couple of months that it took me to find a church family because he brought along a very attractive group of non-Christian people who are very similar to people that I really liked and I had to really decide at one point, am I going to be a Christian or not? I said yes and found, found a great church. I tried a couple found one, said, this is the one, and committed to it. But I was almost derailed because I didn't, I, in that period, 
stopping. I don't, I don't think you should leave a church unless God asks you to and then he should have shown you what church you're going to go to instead because he wants you in church and a part of a church because you are in danger, you're on enemy territory when you are in that in-between period. It's a very dangerous period to not be a part of a local church. So yeah, I don't think there was any time apart from that one where I didn't know, or as a family, we didn't know what church we were going to. Even when we were moving to the other side of the world, um, we knew what church we were going to be a part of. And we didn't need to be a part of a church either because we were often going with Christian ministries and we could have got our fellowship from Christian, just the Christian ministry we were a part of. No, it's not the same as the local church. And we made a point of being involved in our local church. Um, and along with that, being a part of a small group. And in some places that meant we actually started small groups because we believe small groups were so important that if the particular church we went to didn't have an appropriate group running, we started one. We'd talk to the pastor or whoever and say, we really want to start, are you all right if we start a small group? And which pastor is going to say no? And so we would start, we would start one because so critical those two groups of people. And I'll talk a bit a bit a little bit more about it after we read these verses from Hebrews. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Before this passage, it the writer of Hebrews has been reiterating the gospel and then he comes to this passage about the fact that because we have that hope that he's been talking about and that God can be trusted, then we should motivate one another to love and good works. You can't motivate one another to love and good works unless you are meeting together. It kind of goes hand in hand. And this is just a few verses before we come into chapter 11, which is the chapter we've been focused on all year about the heroes of the faith and living, without, living a faithful life. You, have to, you, you need to meet together. So I often say, like, okay, so if you're coming to church once a month, then you're only getting one quarter of the fertiliser, water, sunshine, all the stuff you need to grow. You're only getting a quarter of it. And um, if you're only coming to church every now and then, you, you miss out. But do you know who else misses out? We do. Um, because just turning up to church is an act of service to us. Because we need your presence. We need what you offer. You have something that I don't have, that I need. Um, when we come together, we are serving one another. If you do nothing else, just coming to church regularly is an act of service. But at the same time, the attitude you come with makes a huge difference too. So often, especially um, 
when we're living in when we're living in India, we um, had our own organisation which we largely focused on uh, teaching people about evangelism and helping them to do evangelism. Um, that was what Craig was on about. I had a slightly different emphasis, but I helped in that. Um, and we found a way of being in church every week but still free to go and minister in lots of other churches. We, the church that we became a part of and we moved so we could be more a part of that church was a call centre church. Who's, so most churches in India did not have night services. But in the area we moved to, which was full of international call centres, those people worked often overnight, so their morning was night. So our, the church we were a part of had a night service for young people involved in um, the call centres and international business. And so every week we would be at church on a Sunday night with our kids, committed to that church, and we would be involved. We were in small groups from that church. That was our home. That was where we were planted. But it left us free. Every, on most Sunday mornings, we were in some other church preaching or teaching and... Um, that would have been very hard life if we hadn't had this beautiful home in the evening. And yeah, Christy's agreeing because our kids loved that church and the, the young adults in that church really invested into their lives. We loved being a part of that family. But whenever, particularly when we were on our way to our evening church, we'd, we'd often be, pray for going to church as we're heading off Especially if we'd, we were just like everybody else, especially if we'd had trouble getting out of the house or there'd been a fight or two or a, whatever. <laughs> we used to try and smooth that over before we got to, got to church. But a conversation we often had was, what are, you, what are you going to give at church today? When you're coming to, what, what do you expect? How are you going to encourage people at church today? How, we always used to talk about what we were bringing to church we didn't talk about what we were expecting to get from church. We talked about what we we're going to give at church. It's a very different mindset. Am I coming? I'm coming and I'm expecting Nathan to preach the best message ever so that I will go away encouraged and whatever. Yeah, you'll get that. But if you come with a thing of, who's, who looks like they're a bit down today? Can I go and have a chat with, and maybe pray with that person or just encourage them? Um, yeah. Oh, what? I'm going to church the same. Maybe I could help out in kids' ministry if they need an extra hand today. Doesn't work quite like that because we're a bigger church. The church at that stage was small, and our kids often used to say, Oh, there's three extra kids at church tonight. I'll go out and help the person who's um, running kids' ministry and give them a hand. Um, they used to quite often do that. But we used to always have a chat. What are we going? What are we bringing to church today? How is my presence going to make it a better place? Just coming and saying, I'm coming to worship God with everybody else today. I'm here to worship. I'm not here to get God to bless me. I'm just here to say, God, you're awesome, and I'm going to worship you. So church and our attitude to church. Jesus created the church. He loves the church. He died for the church. He's coming back for the church. So it's not an optional extra. Church is critical. 
And it's not the building, just reminding you, it's us, right? Yeah. So, hugely critical. And small groups, the same. That's where you really are held accountable. It's where you really get relationships with people who will pray for you, love for you, help you when you move. Thank you, Life Group, when you did that for me. Um, yeah, when you're sick, they can, they can help you. When you have babies, they can help you. Um, so it's, it's the unit where pastoral care really happens. And thank you, Life Group leaders, for running Life Groups. They are so important in keeping people known, loved and supported. Really huge. And for us, um, we, we, we have lived by faith, in inverted commas, we all live by faith, but it just meant that we didn't have regular jobs and we, expected, we were supported by people who gave to our ministry or to us in order to live. And... Um, our, most of our hugely key supporters have always been a member of a life group that we've been in. I can think of one, one family now that we were in life groups with when Christy was a baby, who's still one of my most significant supporters for the work that I do in India. I still, I still support a lot, financially support a number of things in India, but that's done by the people who've supported us long term. Numerous other people, most of our really good financial supporters have all, all been in a life group with us and got to know us, got to realise that we are who we say we are. They've seen our hearts and they've gone, we can bless that, we're happy to give to that because we know you. So huge things come out of being involved. You don't know the connections that God's going to make with you through being involved with people. And then the last area, serving. So that church that I went to in Wollongong, um, I was on night shift, which is one of the reasons why it was also harder to get into a church, but I was working night shift at Wollongong Hospital at that point in time, and I turned up at church and they said something about, oh, we have a mother's group, we really need people to help mind kids. If you think you could do that, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, I'm free on a whatever morning it was, Wednesday morning, I'm not working. I don't need that much sleep. <laughs> I can go and help with that. So I put my hand up and spent about eight, ten weeks before I sh stopped night shift and went back to a normal day shift and just helped with kids. And then from there, they're like, oh. Somebody said, oh, she was actually quite good with kids. Luckily, they didn't leave me with kids. I got to go and I became the leader of the year, nine to 11, year 7 to 9 youth group on a Friday night and, yeah, that's where I really started ministry straight away just by diving in. You don't have to do that, but all forms of service grow you. So um, for me, running that youth group, that really skyrocketed my relationship with God because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know the Bible very well. I used to have to... It meant every week I was studying whatever it was we were going to be doing that Friday. And I was leading a group of people as well and they, we all had to kind of figure it out. Anyway, that putting my hand up and doing that skyrocketed my faith because I had to really do stuff with God. And I 
had to pray for people and I could see that prayer made a difference. Serving made a difference. And it made, it made doing the rest of what I did, it just was the next thing and the next thing. We were challenged at the beginning of the year, live green, live go. And when, when you do, God will give you all... He's just looking for somebody. His eyes roam back and forth and says, who's going to stand in the gap for praying? Who's... Who's willing just to say, yes, I don't need a really gifted person. I just need somebody who's dependent on me. And that's part of what I'm saying about why we need each other. Because Peter says it this way. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. No pressure. Um, do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ all glory and power to him forever and ever you have a spiritual gift whether you know you do or not there's lots of them part of what we do in um, foundations is look at your spiritual gifts but we, if, if you're not sure what your spiritual gifts are, we have tools to help you think about that. Um, we have spiritual gifts. We also have natural gifts that God has just placed because of the families we were in or just how we're made up. Some of us have a natural disposition to being better at some things than others. Whatever it is, God's given you, a spirit, given you spiritual gifts and natural gifts that can build up the body of Christ. And we're not all the same. I'm so glad that not everybody is the same because it would be a very boring world and not much would get done. Um, So that's a part of why you need to be in church too is because you have a gift that God can use to build up and love one another. And all he asks is that you do it because you love him, that you love your father. That's all there is to it. So, the five areas, foundations. Have you got your foundation set firm? Are you helping others to have their foundation set firm? Are you hanging out with God? Are you hanging out with your father because he loves you? Just hang out with him. It's nice to have long times, but sometimes during the day it's just going, I know you're here, God, I'm here to trusting that you're guiding and directing me. Hang out with God. Make a commitment to be at church, pre-decide. Whatever happens on Sunday, I'm going to try to be at church. Make decisions about your life and your kids' lives that enable you to be at church on a Sunday. Commit to a small group and commit to using whatever things God's given you an ability to to serve your body. Um, I'm going to challenge you with a couple of questions, but I'm just seeing Neville sitting here and Sav sitting there. So I'm actually going to Cambodia with the team next Sunday from church. So we uh, didn't talk about that, but Neville Harding and Savannah Thomas... Trinity Montero, Chloe, I never remember her, her name, and Rachel Kulda, who's from um, 
Prestons. We're all going next Sunday for a week to Cambodia, so to love our kids and to experience that. See, you still get you get to do stuff when you follow God, including go to Cambodia. I love. I loved going last year. I'm really excited to be going again this year. So when you think about these areas, have you got all these keys in place and which one is God challenging you about today? It might not, it just could even just be about an attitude you have to one of them. It might be a challenge about your attitude to church. It might be a challenge to your attitude about spending time with him. During um, worship, as the worship team come back up, um, spend some time asking God where he's challenging you at the moment and what do you need to do about that. Let me pray as they're coming. Father, I thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We're not perfect, Father. Your love covers over a multitude of sins. And Father, doing these things doesn't make you love us anymore, but it helps us love you and live the best life because you have the best life for us when we follow you. So I pray, Father, for each of us that you would help us to put in place, help us to love your church, help us to be involved in a small inner life group. Help us, Lord, to be looking at who we can do foundations with so that we can help people get off to a good start and be able to weather the storms. And show us, Lord, the gifts that we have and how you want us to use them to bless your body, the church. Father, I just pray that you would pour out your spirit on each person here and enable them to do the thing that you're challenging them to. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Um, can I invite the prayer team to come out now during worship? So um, if you feel like you're ready to be prayed for now, then that's fine. It may be something about from the message that you want prayer for, but it could be prayer for anything. Maybe you're going through something and you just need prayer. Can I really challenge you to avail of the wonderful people that stand at the front here to pray? They hear from God. I know they do. And... Um, there is something powerful about being humble enough to say, hey, God, I need you in whatever's going on. And I sometimes come for no good reason at all, except I see Kim standing there and go, nobody's availing herself of this awesome woman of God. I'm going to go and get her to pray for me. So don't waste these people who are here ready to bless you. Thank you, Michelle. You're going to sing the passion of the Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.